morning, everyone. Let's get to the Word of God, but let's pray first. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can bring what you are saying um, into a situation, even into the world right now where we stand, Lord. I pray that every ear that is listening will hear what you are saying, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Uh, God is so faithful. Uh, we're just going to get right to it. I mean, you know, dealing with uh, what's happening, I really wanted to just speak to our church, you know, speak to Melbourne Life. Obviously, everyone that is watching, I believe God has something to say to you through this message as well. Uh, but I really want us to understand that we are in such uh, an incredible time and um, a time that God will really show his hand. Uh, obviously, with what's happening in our world, it is, it is very uncertain. Um, a lot of people are going through a lot of fears, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Uh, everything is unpredictable at this point. Um, job loss. Uh, everything just seems to be a lot more complicated than what it should be. Everything seems to be a lot more uncertain, especially now with a second lockdown that us, you know, who are in Victoria, who are in Melbourne, are experiencing at the moment, which none of us would have thought would have happened, uh, but we're here. And uh, it's, it's pretty shaky, it's pretty fearful, but we have something that we can stand on. So today I'm not going to try to bring you a message that is in any way complicated. Uh, I wanna make it as simple as possible because the gospel is simple. And that's what matters. And that's what matters to us. Jesus made it simple. And I wanna give what he has given us in a very simple way. So if we can go directly to the scriptures. Mark chapter 11. Uh, I'm going to hit verse 12 and then I'm going to hit skip over to verse 20 through 24. And it reads like this. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So now we jump to verse 20. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Watch Jesus answer. Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for him in prayer or whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Have faith in God. That is the name of the message if you need a title. Uh, 
It's amazing when we read this passage of scripture, what caught my attention, even with the disciples and asking, if you look in other um, gospels like Matthew or even Luke, you'll see that the disciples asked, how did this happen? And I love the response of Jesus. He didn't go into trying to explain with a parable how the fig tree withered. He didn't give any type of picture of what that actually represented. He actually just told them, have faith in God. He made it really, really simple. Have faith in him. And we have to understand, especially in the time that we're living in, that faith is a gift. It's given to us by God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when God gives us something, he, he's given us faith. It's a gift. But like any other gift, if you, unless you actually take that gift, unwrap it and use it, you don't get the benefit of what the gift is actually for. When it comes to faith, we not only receive it as a gift, but we have to use it and we have to use it what is actually be what is actually meant to be used for and that is a weapon faith is a weapon for us when you read ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 it says in addition to all this take up the shield of faith so you got to understand when you see this picture that paul has given us we are on the field we are on the battlefield we are in war we are putting on the armor of god he says take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one this is how we fight we have to take up the shield of faith and use it and the thing is that picture is so powerful because everything the enemy is throwing at you Every fiery dart he is flinging and swinging and shooting at you, you use your shield of faith to not only block it, but you use it as a weapon. The shield is there for your protection, but it is also there for you to use as a weapon because that is how you extinguish the fiery darts. We have to pick our faith up. Even in my life, and I've said it before, Melbourne Lifers, every time you've heard me preach when I bring my testimony in you know what it is but I'm not ashamed to say it because I know it is the points in my life that God has brought me to where I've had to pick up and use my faith when it came to leaving the home that I left I left everything it was uncertainty everywhere. I came and it was uncertain. I didn't have a home of my own. I didn't have a job to go to. I didn't have anything that was secure, that was predictable, that allowed me to kind of live in a comfort. Everything was uncertain. Everything was in a way complicated. I was trying to understand what was happening with my life, even before we got married. And you know, the doctors even told Anna, oh, the struggle with your pregnancy and uh, we don't know if you're going to even be able to have kids. All of those things had to push me and put me into, into a place where I had to actually use my faith. I had to pick it up. So in coming here, I had to pick it up. I had to know what it felt like to not be able to depend on the things that we often depend on when it comes to our security. And Jesus had to be my security. So I'm here to tell you guys, every, where we are right now and the uncertain times that we're in, this is actually where we're meant to be. 
This is the opportunity we have to take our faith and pick it up and use it to extinguish every fiery dart that the enemy's throwing at us. He's throwing doubt. He's throwing depression. He's throwing unpredictable uh, feelings. He's throwing all of the skepticism. He's causing us to even question, are we actually doing the right thing? We are doing the right thing. We pick up our faith and we use it. That's what we have to do. So no matter how you feel about your faith, you can think your faith is too low, use it. You may think, oh, I don't have enough. I barely have anything. I barely have any spirit in me. Use what you have. But one thing we will not do, we will not let our faith sit on the shelf. We will not let our faith collect dust. We will pick up the shield of faith and we will use it. That's what we have to do. And that's what we're going to do. Because this is the time to do it. Whew. All right, room. It's good. This is it. So now the question states, if we're using our faith, what direction are we going in? Well, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. And this is what it says. Immediately... Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I love that. He told them, he's on the water, and he told them to take courage. Do not be afraid. So what does Peter do? Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come on the water. Jesus said, come. Then Peter got, out down, Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Now we know what happened. We know when Peter got out there, he walked on the water and the wind and the sea started, you know, doing what it was doing and he got distracted, took his eyes off Jesus. He began to drown and Jesus picked him up and he said, oh, you have little faith. But the little faith part is not the issue. It's the part when Jesus says, why did you doubt? And yet he was there. But it is so powerful when you read that. Peter standing in the boat actually says, Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come. Now I know, again, the times we're in is uncertain. But the thing is, the church especially, we cannot sugarcoat where we are at. Because I think even when you sugarcoat even the issues and the difficulties and all of the things we're dealing with, it, that even makes it complicated. Let's just call it what it is. Yes, these, these times are just crazy. It's full of fears, full of anxiety. We get it. Like, let's just say it how it is. 
And let's just be real. It is not a, a word that is overused. It is not a word that is a cliche. It is uncertain. That is just the realness of it. But when you look at what Peter did, and when you see how Jesus responded, Jesus didn't say to Peter, oh, Peter, take your time. Make sure there's a life jacket in the boat. If you're going to come out here, then make sure you have everything together. As a matter of fact, it's too unpredictable. It's too uncertain. Peter, I'd rather you stay in the boat. And it's amazing. He said, just come. I've even heard people preach messages about Peter. He should have stayed in the boat. But why would you stay in the boat when Jesus is on the water? Like, I don't understand. If Peter got out of the boat and started walking, my question is, why didn't every other disciple get on the boat, get out of the boat and start walking? Because he's there. So it's two things we have to understand. One thing is we have to know our identity. And our identity is not in us. Our identity is not even in the boat. Guys, we are so far from the shore of what church used to look like. We are so far from what we're used to seeing. When it comes to everything that's happening now, we are in uncertain times. And if you can just picture this the way I'm saying it, think of us all being on this boat and around us is nothing but uncertainty. What do we do? Well, our identity is not in the boat. Our identity is in the one that is telling us to come onto the water. It is in Jesus. That's where our identity is. So when Peter says, tell me to come, Jesus gave him one simple word. Come. You want to come out here? Come out here. Because I'm out here. Because when you step on what seems to be uncertain, you're not stepping on that. You're stepping on the, cert the certainty of who Jesus is. So we have to recognize our identity is in him. And the other thing we have to understand is our purpose is in him. Jesus called us to be the salt and the light, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That is our purpose. But how do we walk in that? We walk towards him. We keep our eyes on him. That's what matters. This is where we're going. We're not going backwards. Even the way we used to do church. I know it. I know it. Trust me. I hear it. You know, everyone wants to get back to how we used to do church. And yes, I do completely believe we will see that day come quick where we can all gather. I understand that's going to happen, but the way church used to be done, we need to let that go because where we're going is very unprecedented. Where we're going is very unpredictable, but where we're going is on the word of God. And where we're heading is in the direction of where Jesus is taking us. That is the power. Our faith picking it up and actually going in the direction of where God is going. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we won't fail, we won't miss it, we won't die off. The fears that come at us won't be able to overtake us because we are going in his direction. Even when I think about the last few weeks for me, 
you know, and, and even dealing with injustice, even dealing with those issues of race, even dealing with uh, prejudice and all of those things. When I think of the last few weeks, I've had to dig deep and allow God to reshape even the way that I've thought about myself and actually give me a greater awareness of what my identity is. And it has been a tough three or four weeks. But guess what? When I bring things back to the cross, when I bring things back to Christ, it allows me to see my identity in him. I want to leave you guys with this scripture. And seriously, it, it's, I'm about finished. But Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, just that last part, Jesus makes us a promise. And he says, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Some versions say even to the end of the world. I'm not here to make any promises of how our lives are going to end up. You know, again, it's so many of us that have suffered so many things even this year, whether it's been job loss, whether it's been even people that some of us have lost to this virus. This virus, it seems like, is more unpredictable than it was a week ago or than it was a month ago. It's like the more information they give us, the more they don't understand it. And it just kind of puts us in that place where what's really happening here? You know, I've personally known people that watched me grow up that are gone to this virus. I've had people that I know that have been affected drastically by this virus. So when we look at everything, we have to determine what am I going to do? Am I going to allow the fear that is taking place, even in the economy, even in the economy being so unstable and so unpredictable and a lot of us have families a lot of us have you know the securities that we've put our trust in just pretty much disappear pretty much you know be cut off from us but when we look at that what are we going to decide to do I'm here to tell you this is what we're going to do we're going to stand up and we're going to pick up our faith. And we're going to go in the direction that Jesus is going in. I can't promise all of these things that is going to end next week, that is going to end next month. I don't know all of that. I don't know what God is going to do. I don't know what is going to happen. And really, it would be me limiting God to try to tell you what is going to happen. But what I can promise is that if we get out of the boat and step onto the water and keep our eyes on Jesus, we will walk. We will walk in the direction that he has us going in. And if we trust him, we won't try to go back. We will allow him to take us forward into where we're going. So I want to pray right now, even as we start God of mercy, I want to pray for those in our church that we are well aware of the situations that we're all experiencing, the circumstances that we're all dealing with. But we're going somewhere, guys. 
We are not going to allow this to stop us. We are not going to allow this to put us in a corner and cause us to shrivel, cause us to shriek, cause us to come to a place where we can't handle it. We're not even trying, we're not even meant to handle it. We're meant to stand up in faith. We're meant to stand on the word of God. This is the greatest opportunity for us to be who we are so the world out there will see our purpose. They will see that we are the salt of the earth. They will see that we are the light of the world. Don't try to, you know, even as we close our eyes and think about how we want to picture our lives, don't try to, you know, picture it in a way where it's beautiful and it's all rosy. No, let's be real about this. It isn't. But that's okay. Because what I want us to see, don't try to get over the storm. Don't try to see the sun rising. Don't try to see all of these things being perfect. Let's just envision and focus on Jesus. When you read Peter, when you read that passage of scripture that I just spoke about, it was the wind and it was the storm that caused Peter to be distracted. But the perfect part of that scripture is that when Peter stepped onto the water, everything was still what it was. It was windy, it would have been stormy, but guess what? Jesus was there. So I'm not telling us to try to think so positive that we're not actually facing a real negative situation. This is where we are. But that's okay because the church is rising. We will stand up in this. We will have faith in this. We will use it. Everything the enemy is throwing at us. Guess what? The shield of faith is on us. And where we're going is our eyes are on Jesus. We won't fail. We can't fail. Because he's never failed. So when we picture, when we close our eyes now as I pray, get in your mind just Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. Yes, I'm trying to raise my family in this economy. It is so unstable. I don't know what's going to happen. So many people I know have lost their jobs. Am I going to lose mine? Okay, let me see Jesus. I don't need to think about that. I just need to think about Jesus. I don't need to come into some type of bliss where I'm living a fantasy. No, I'm living in reality, but my reality is Jesus. Yeah, but what about this, Carmen? Yeah, I know what it feels like to not have your, your, a place that's called your own. I know what it feels like to step in a situation and you don't know where the, the funds are going to come from because you don't have a job. I know what it feels like when you have a baby on the way and you're in a, in a position where everything is just so unfamiliar and so uncertain. I know what it feels like when the doctors have told your spouse you may not have kids. I know it, but I want to see Jesus. Because guess what? The only thing that moves God is faith. So have your fears, cry if you have to. I've done it, it's okay. Will I do it again? Maybe.
because life is a journey. But Jesus is who we have. Let's get out of the boat. And let's walk. Hallelujah. So Father, I pray now as we prepare to sing this song, Lord, as we prepare to go into saying, your kingdom come, I pray now over every person here, every person in our church, everyone that is experiencing anxiety, everyone that is experiencing fear, everyone that is experiencing depression, every person that is experiencing oppression, everyone that feels like it is so unpredictable they don't know what's going to happen, even those that are experiencing thoughts of suicide, we cut it off right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that faith will fill their hearts. We pray that faith will fill the room. We pray that faith will fill our minds, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, will begin to speak life into us, that we will open our own mouths and speak life into our circumstance. Lord, not because we want to live in a fantasy, but because we want to live with you in our reality. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you have your way. We shut down the spirit of doubt. We shut down the faithless spirit. We shut down that self-pity spirit. We shut, shut down that coward spirit. And we take courage right now in the name of Jesus. This is the greatest opportunity that we have to show and to allow you to show that we are the light of the world. That we are the salt of the earth. You have your way in the name of Jesus. We break every spirit that is not like you, Lord. And everyone, again, that is experiencing thoughts of suicide, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. We speak faith, Lord. We pick up our shield of faith. We head towards you, Lord Jesus, keeping our eyes on you because everything can go dim and everything can go dark. But you are our light. You are our source. You are our refuge, Lord. And we depend on you in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way in this time. Let it be known, Father. Let it be known that in this moment, we took faith. Let it be known that in this moment, we took courage. Let it be known that in this moment, we depended on you and we spoke words of faith. We spoke words of life. We spoke words that you have given us, Father, in the name of Jesus. It will take a positive faith, even in a negative situation, to produce the power that you have in us so that we will be the ambassadors that you've called us to be. And that the world will see that you have been sent. Yes, Lord. So as we sing this song now, Father, you have your way, Lord, in all of us. And that you will get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Your kingdom come. Thank you, Lord.